This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal News Show. Joining you every morning at 8 a.m. UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you so much, as always, for making this a part of your morning routines. Uh, It's Thursday. We are nearly at the end of our weekdays of the first week of the international break. We can finally start, hopefully soon, looking ahead and previewing Arsenal's game against Leeds. But we're probably still about a week away from that. But if we remain patient, that game will come. So uh, let's just keep ourselves as happy as we can whilst there is no real football uh, around at the moment. By real football, I mean, of course, uh, our club, uh, the international games just do not give me that same, you know, it just doesn't give me that same feel. You know, whilst I support England and I'm sure people listening support their nations all around the world, it just... Yeah, I just can't get into qualifiers. I just can't. Um, Thankfully, the Women's Champions League uh, was able to provide some, um, what's the word I'm looking for, Uh, I I suppose, respite, uh, because it wasn't able to fulfill it entirely because I was reminded of how bad VAR is. Um, But uh, the girls will come back to North London soon and hopefully be able to turn over Bayern and progress through to the semifinals of the Champions League. Uh, Good morning to those joining us in the chat box. Maggie, I miss Arsenal, (laughs) absolutely. Uh, Paul, good morning to you, to Blackshine, to Vivian, to Johnny, Amira, uh, PJ, uh, Mr. E, Marcus, uh, Mike, Olu, Stephen. We've got Blackshine, we've got Carl, Alpha, uh dave joining us in the chat 4am in my uh in nyc big match uh tgt versus sleep tgt wins i'm glad that's the case dave thank you so much uh for maintaining your uh your level of consciousness for us um let's jump into today's stories of course we'll go to your chat box and some questions in part two um Zubimendi, uh Martin Zubimendi, Lareal, Real Sociedad midfielder has been speaking to the media after being called up by Spain to talk about why he ended up staying uh, in northern Spain in San Sebastian for the rest at least of this season. He says uh when asked about supposed interest on uh from Arsenal in January he said they're rumors. Rumors because I told my agent that I didn't want to hear anything especially in winter. Leaving Real Sociedad aside with the season we are having would be illogical. I am very 
happy here, he told Sports. So um, he's a player that Arsenal are seriously interested in, uh, a player that they are that they like and that they would consider potentially for the future. 24 years of age now, Spanish full international, has, played, has, uh, has made his uh, debut for the Spanish senior national side. But how he'll get on under De La Fuente, we'll have to wait and see. He is seen as the most likely long-term uh, kind of replacement for uh, Sergio Busquets. Rodri, of course, still in the team, and he'll be fighting with him for that position and for the deep part of the midfield. But uh, he's a very good player, and Arsenal have a right to be interested in him. And uh, we'll see if this one furthers itself by the summer and if it changes and if Arsenal still are interested in the Spanish international. Uh, Arsenal has said, according to The Athletic, to be the, amongst a number of clubs interested in signing Mohamed Kudus, uh, the Ghanaian international, currently playing and plying his trade in Ajax uh, in Amsterdam in the Netherlands, in the Eredivisie, uh, has been linked with a number of clubs and impressed at the World Cup for Ghana. Uh, he, of course, is a teammate of Thomas Partey, who has always been very complimentary of his young teammate, can play in a number of attacking positions, including the left, the right, through the middle, and as a second striker or attacking midfielder. Very versatile player and would be an asset to any team that he joins. I still, for one, can't kind of make sense of... Of, of Arsenal fitting him into the team and we've been linked to him before and I suppose this is just one of those that's cropping up once again with the Athletic now talking about it this time but uh, he's a very good player and certainly I'm sure if Arteta wants him he's got a reason for finding a place in the squad for him. Now off of transfer news and more on to Arsenal uh, Ethan Nwanieri scored twice for England's under-17s against Denmark as they went on to win 3-1 he picked up an assist in the game as well it is a very difficult period for Arsenal and Ethan Wanieri because, of course, we still don't know whether or not the youngster would indeed be committing his future to Arsenal. Manchester City, Liverpool, Chelsea and a number of other clubs are all interested in the youngster who became the youngest Premier League player ever when he made his debut in that match against Brentford coming off the bench. Arsenal have done everything they can to try and keep Ethan Nwanieri at the club by giving him opportunities, not only at that youth level, not only in those mid-season and pre-season uh, periods, but also by using him in a genuine Premier League fixture from the, Brent, uh, from the bench and putting him ahead of plenty of other exciting young talent to make that debut as well. Arsenal have done everything. Uh, however, if there are better offers from elsewhere, there is probably going to be very little Arsenal can do and only can hope that he will continue to keep faith in the team that have provided that opportunity and development to him throughout his younger years. Now, speaking of Arsenal Hailing graduates, following Balogun has been spotted in the US as talks over his international future are set to take place. Balogun uh, was, of course, snubbed by Gareth Southgate in his latest call-up of forwards to the England national team, instead taking the likes of Harry Kane, Ivan Tony, etc., um, which seems on the surface maybe a little bit unfair considering his record for Rons this season has been absolutely brilliant. Uh, he's closing in on Glenn Hoddle's record as an Englishman playing in France, and I think he's only one goal away actually from matching that record. We'll see if he's able to break that in the final 10 or so games of the season. Balogun was spotted in the US, uh, in Orlando. Uh, lots of, uh, I, I assume, maybe Arsenal-related US fans were kind of looking across where this was, using their transfer tactics of looking on Google Maps and looking on Street View to try and work out where he was. Um, but uh, they've managed to identify him as being in Orlando 
the expectation I've heard is that there's set to be meetings, uh, there's set to be some discussions, whether or not a decision will be made over that future uh, in, in these le- next kind of week or so. We'll have to wait and see. There are suggestions that from a couple of people I've spoken to that they feel it would be quite a rushed decision if it happens now um, and that he's still got plenty of time to make up his mind. He could finish the season. He could have his summer. Uh, there's plenty of time before the next World Cup, of course, which is when uh, the US would be targeted to try and include him as their main number nine for that tournament. But uh, yeah, there's plenty of time for him to still make up that decision um, and whether or not he wants to wait and see whether an England chance does crop up. Of course, he's never ruled out playing for Nigeria either. He's got um, heritage there and family there, and he's never ruled out that he wouldn't play for Nigeria either. But both, uh, he considers England his home, he says, but of course, there's plenty of family that live uh, in New York, and I believe he was actually born uh, in New York as well. So he's got his links there. Let's see what happens, and we'll keep you updated with everything that goes on in this Balogun story, but it's a very interesting one. I would not begrudge him at all if he decided to represent the US after being snubbed again by Gareth Southgate. Now, our headline story, and the biggest news of yesterday in the Arsenal world, arguably, was the retirement of Mesut Ozil, uh, the former Arsenal midfielder and German international uh, left a lengthy message on social media which read, Hello everyone, after thoughtful consideration I'm announcing my immediate retirement from professional football. I've had the privilege to be a professional footballer uh, for almost 17 years now and I feel incredibly thankful for the opportunity. But in recent weeks and months, having also suffered some injuries, it's it's become more and more clear that it's time to leave the big stage of football. It has been an amazing journey filled with unforgettable moments and emotions. I want to thank my club, Schalke, Werder Bremen, Real Madrid, Arsenal, Fenerbahce, Basak Shahir, and coaches who supported me, plus teammates who have become friends. Special thanks must go to my family members and my closest friends. They have been a part of my journey from day one and have given me so much love and support through the good times and the bad. Thank you for all my fans who have shown me so much love, no matter the circumstances and no matter which club I was representing. Now I'm looking forward to everything that is in front of me with my beautiful wife, Amin, and my two beautiful daughters, Ada and Ella. Uh, But you can be sure that you will hear from me from time to time on my social media channels. See you soon. Mesut posted with a picture of him in a Real Madrid shirt with alongside his personal logo as well in the top right hand corner. Um, I, you know, I mean, when a player retires, you do look back on, for me, the good things more than the bad things. And certainly in that moment, I was watching back clips of, some of the goals that Mesut Ozil had scored, some of the assists, the Ozil chip, as it was kind of become known, the little stab, the little um, bump in the ball that he manages to chip over keepers and players as he passes or shoots. Um, he has been obviously a player with amazing talent and some of the greatest ability on the ball that the game has potentially ever seen. And uh, despite, of course, the friction between him and Arsenal, be it with Unai Emery, be it with Mikel Arteta, I do look at Meza Ozil as a necessary part of Arsenal's journey to where it is now. Um, I don't personally consider him an Arsenal legend. I certainly consider him one of the best footballers that Arsenal ever uh, had on their books. Um, I don't necessarily think with the, the story of Ozil that I would consider him a, a legend in the same way I consider other players uh, legends. And it's sometimes a, a phrase I think that's thrown around, around far too easy. He's arguably a legend of the game. Of course, winning a World Cup, winning of plenty of trophies, of course, with Real Madrid uh, and with Arsenal. But uh, I think that 
what Arsenal, and I wrote about this yesterday in my piece related to Ozil's retirement, but I actually think that maybe Arsenal wouldn't be where they are now if it wasn't for Meza Ozil in some circumstances. I think that certainly the period that Unai Emery had and the period that Mikel Arteta had um, with Ozil provided lesson. It provided experience. It provided Arteta in particular, I think, with the the understanding and the change that he needed to go through. Arteta and Ozil were teammates, of course, first of all. And when he rejoined Arsenal, there were very few players that Arteta played with that were still at the club. If you think about it, you had um, Callum Chambers, I believe, uh, was still here. Uh, you had Rob Holding at that time as well. And Meza Ozil was one of those players that he played with. And from day one, that relationship that was probably more friendly when they were teammates stopped. And whilst there was certainly a respect between the two, Arteta came in as the manager. And there were issues. Whilst he certainly used Ozil in his early teams up until the pandemic, uh, a period that he believed, obviously, uh, he describes as being for footballing reasons, uh, decided to then leave him out of the group. And I think it's an experience that will certainly have enabled us, uh, Arteta to learn what he wanted from that number 10, what he wanted from that creative player and I think that Ozil actually led to Arsenal getting Martin Odegaard and understanding what Arsenal under Arteta wanted from that number 10 player and despite all of his ability despite all of his brilliance and you know the vision and the execution of his passing and what he could see that other people couldn't Arteta wanted something different from a number 10 and to be honest, not even a number 10. I think Arteta wanted to move away from that out-and-out out number 10 role and more into what the position Martin Odegaard plays in now. I remember writing an article at the start of last season. Um, it was one of my first pieces I wrote for Football London, which was all about um, why Arsenal and Arteta had moved from Ozil to Odegaard. Now, one of the things that Ozil certainly collected during his time as a player is a significant following. A significant following, I think, of, of people that are very, very passionately supportive of Ozil. And sometimes that passion, I think, grew into places that weren't particularly great. Um, in reaction to writing that article, I received probably the most abuse I've ever received um, when discussing a player uh, and when discussing not even too critically a player, uh, but just an idea around an article around Martin Odegaard and why he was the man to kind of succeed Ozil and why he could bring the things to the Arsenal team for the future that Ozil unfortunately couldn't. And I remember getting so much abuse uh, from people that were obviously very diehard Ozil fans. And I think it was a lesson, not to me, but I think a lesson to, perhaps to me in a sense of not being careful about what I write, but understanding that if you are critical of certain players, if you're critical of their footballing ability alone, which is all that the article was about, um, you will certainly face uh, a certain backlash. I think it wasn't, I wouldn't describe it as a humbling experience. I would describe it as a learning experience. Um, and it certainly did never change the way in which I approached criticisms of players um, and it certainly changed the way I thought that I was certainly right to write the piece around how Erdegaard is the player for the future. And two years later, nearly two years later, 18 months or so later, I have to say I feel justified in the piece that I wrote around Erdegaard being the man to take on the mantle of Arsenal's creative force in the team for the good, now club captain, and I think embodies everything that Mikel Arteta wants from a player on the pitch. That said, Meza Ozil will always be, in my mind, a player that ended Arsenal's trophy drought, a player that was signed 
in a real moment of excitement back in 2013. I will never forget those Sky Sports deadline day pictures when we signed him. Um, was it, um, I can't remember the, was it Garrett Hughes? I think maybe the Sky Sports presenter was, uh, reporter was, that was on the scenes at the Emirates seeing those arguably scenes that started um, Sky Sports reporters being closed off to the public and inside the ground because the Arsenal fans certainly lost their minds around the reporter. There are other incidents outside of just that, of course, that I think led to Sky Sports reporters suddenly being in areas where they're more protected and not surrounded by fans. Um, But he came in. I remember the assists. I think it's for Olivier Giroud on his debut at Sunderland, uh, playing in that yellow and blue kit. I remember, of course, his contributions that season, which led to an FA Cup win uh, against Hull City. And, of course, the following year, uh, in a win against um, Aston Villa in that 4-0 victory, Alexis Sanchez with that brilliant strike. I'll also uh, never forget the line from Alan Davis on the Tuesday Club podcast, which I included in my article yesterday, which was the Ozil when he picks up a <laughs> when he picks up a medal at the end of every season. It's just what he thinks is normal because Arsenal didn't really have those types at the club. Players that had won loads, players that have won plenty of things, and brought in that mentality of no at the end of every season you are supposed to win a trophy and he certainly instilled that in the group and uh, went to pick up three arguably four he never played in that 2020 FA Cup final but on his Wikipedia page it still comes up under his honours as having won that I assume because he played in the earlier rounds of that competition but he was not available and was not well rather was not called up my Mikel Arteta for the FA Cup final in 2020 Um, but he certainly won three goes down as with records of assists in seasons across his time at the club and uh, yeah certainly Mesut Ozil will be a player that will live long in the memories of plenty of Arsenal fans. Right, let's move to part two and your questions right after this. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Of course, you can also get your hands on some TGT non-profit merch. Uh, all of the money and the proceeds of this uh, that would have been made go to the local business that supports this, plus Cancer Macmillan support and the Arsenal Foundation. Thank you continually for those of you that are sporting your TGT home and away logos and uh, helping support some great charities. Uh, let's go to the chat box then and tackle some of your questions before we wrap up today's show. 
Um, Gaik uh, says, uh, sorry if I pronounced that incorrectly. Uh, if Arsenal uh, sell everyone expecting them to sell, why couldn't they afford a bid for Bellingham? Uh, the expectation is around the, the wages. Uh, he's expected to earn uh, upwards of 250 to £300,000 per week is what certain circles seem to think. If that isn't the case, and he was available for around the £200,000 per week figure, I don't think there is an argument to suggest that Arsenal would not be in the race potentially to try and sign him. But if the wages demands are around the £300,000 per week figure, it would not make too much sense for Arsenal to break their wage structure for Bellingham. No matter how good the player is, the dynamic of the group is really important to maintain. And that's why Arsenal wouldn't break their transfer record uh, and wage record for uh, Bellingham. Record in terms of what the existing players are on of course we've had Aubameyang and Ozil on significantly higher than £300,000 per week uh, something which didn't particularly go too well for Arsenal um, Matt says how do you get through the international break international football is so boring at you I, I mean this might come out bluntly <laughs> but you have more in your life you need more in your life than just football Matt I mean I work football 24-7 basically talking about it every morning writing about it all through the day but you need to have more things in your life as well. I'm going to go play golf today. I'm very excited about that. I'm going to play it again on Sunday. See family and friends. You know, you've got to expand your horizons beyond the one sport. Get yourself out there. Uh, play some games. Do some gaming if you're into that. Um, learn a new skill. <laughs> it's like being back in lockdown again, isn't it? But yeah, Matt, you need to you need to expand your horizons beyond football. Um so Nicholas says, Tom, can you ask everyone if they're still getting notifications for the channel? Um, I've turned the bell on, uh, but it stopped giving me those notifications. Again, something that I'm completely out of control on, I'm afraid. Um, I'm sure there are people that aren't, unfortunately, getting those notifications. Uh, YouTube, for some reason, decides sometimes to notify you and sometimes it doesn't. What I would say to you is that this show is on at the same time every single day. So you don't even need to turn your notifications on. What you could do is on your phone or your mobile device, just set an alarm five minutes before 8am UK time, and then you're ready and raring to tune into the show. Of course, our evening shows are less consistent, um, but always 8am UK time every morning. So there we go. Um, Yomi says, can we blame Ozil's downfall on Wenger? He failed to sign a proper striker in DM. He was busy shopping, shopping in Poundland when he had prime Ozil. Um, I think Ozil was, unfortunately, a slight victim of not having uh, the players around him at Arsenal that maybe could have accentuated uh, his talents. But at the end of the day, I do think that Ozil, internally, his own game diminished, his own game dropped off. And when we had some of the, you know, when we brought in Aubameyang, when we had Lacazette, that's two brilliant forwards that you've got there, brilliant to a, a degree. Um, and we couldn't yet you know, generate that level. What I always felt that we lacked behind Ozil was that Thomas Partey figure, was that Patrick Vieira figure. If we'd have brought in someone to bring in that connection between the back four and the attacking midfield, I think Ozil would have arguably, arguably have been even better. I think Olivier Giroud was a good striker. I don't think he was a brilliant striker. And I think maybe that did let him down slightly. But yeah. I think two players around Ozil, a DM that was brilliant, a forward that was brilliant, and maybe we would have seen even more from the player as well. But that never happened. Um, Mohammed says, Hi, Tom. I want to say uh, Ramadan Kareem for all of our Muslim brothers uh, in Palestine and all around the world as well to celebrate the holy month of Ramadan starting today. Um, if you are celebrating, 
enjoy. I hope you have a fantastic time. Uh, Marcus says, can you go on a rant about what criteria is necessarily kind of needed to become a club legend? Um, No, Marcus, I don't need to go on a rant because for me, legendary status is completely it's, it's completely subject to your own appreciation for what a um, for what a legend is. It's subjective. It's down to you. You can't be told that someone is not a legend in your opinion. I can tell you that I think somebody is a legend or I think somebody isn't a legend in my opinion, but I'm not going to turn around and say, you're wrong for thinking that person's a legend. I might tell you that I don't think that's the case, but a legendary status is something that is completely subjective to you. Um, and and only you can decide that. I personally don't think Ozil is. I personally think there are only a couple of examples of Emirates-era legends, which may extend significantly after this season. Um, we'll have to wait and see. But Santi Cazorla and Aaron Ramsey are my two Emirates-era legends. Those two come down for me. They're players that were great servants to the club. Yes, I know there's arguments about the way in which Aaron Ramsey left. Uh, to my understanding, a contract offer that was there, unfortunately, was removed towards the end of his time uh, at Arsenal. That that changed. I'm not sure around the details of why that happened or what really went on, but I think that does affect things. Um, Santi is just, in my opinion, one of the best footballers to ever. And I know Ozil's ability is is amazing, but Santi was just one of the best footballers ever that I've ever watched. Um and the reason why Ramsey for me is obviously he scores two goals in two cup finals. Um, and, and that's big. That's that's really, really big. Alexis Sanchez, for everything that I loved about him, you you know, moving to Manchester United in the way that he did absolutely put a stain on Alexis Sanchez, unfortunately. But I will I forget about that and I focus on what Alexis Sanchez did as a player in the Emirates and by far one of my my favourites to ever play for Arsenal. But yeah, a real shame about how thing and how things ended. Um let's go to some more lots of discussions about legends. If you are watching on catch up, let us know down below who your Emirates era legends are and your clarification and and categorization reasons as to why uh, they are indeed legends. Um, Trevor says, I'm a legend. My grandchildren tell me. <laughs> I'm sure you are, Trevor. Um, Guna Mark says, I'm a legend. It's written on my lunchbox. Well, there you go. I mean, do you ever need any more reasoning than that, that it's written on your lunchbox? That's all you need, arguably. Christopher says, Tom, are you a legend? Um, I don't know who's calling me a legend, mate. I'm certainly not arrogant enough to say that myself. Other than when I've had a few beers, maybe. Um <laughs> Dave says there is definitely a the way you leave element regarding legendary status. I do agree. I think that certainly comes into things regarding the legendary status about how you leave the club um, and how you are when you leave the club. Yeah, that certainly comes into things. Um, Lenny says for me, Urza was overrated. Two good seasons, went missing in big games and a good cup player. More hype than performance. Again, you're going to find people with varying views on Urza, which is completely fair enough. Everyone is entitled to their opinion. Afsar says, who plays right back if Ben White gets injured? Great question. Afsar, at the moment, it's very, very difficult to to know the answer to that question. What we saw happen uh, against Crystal Palace was Jorginho came on and Thomas Partey went to right back, which was a very interesting move. Um, I don't know what's what what would be better. You know, if you think about it, Thomas Partey at right back, Jorginho in midfield, or Thomas Partey in midfield and Rule Waters or a youth option at right back, who is the, the number one option? I think if 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 you are to play a youth player at right back, it would be 
the raw waters. Now, immediately people go, well, you play the right back, you play the youth option. I think we very quickly misunderstand the gap between youth football and um, and the senior level. It is very different. And I'm telling you for now, no matter what we saw of Raw Waters in preseason and the Nuremberg game, and I think he might have played against Everton, I'm sorry, but it, 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 it doesn't work. Now, for me, my option for right back is William Saliba. William Saliba, for me, is the obvious choice at right back. A, because he's played there before. He played there for Marseille on a couple of occasions. B, because we've got Rob Holding, who can come in and provide cover in that position. And three, it wouldn't be Nelson, because defensively, you need to have someone that's more stylistically similar to White because of Zinchenko on the left-hand side. If it was Nelson you were going to put there, I think you have to play Kieran Tierney because I just think that it would leave you far too exposed to put Nelson at right back. For me, it would be William Saliba to go at right back, and it would be uh, Rob Holding to go at right centre-back. That would be how I would manage the situation, um, and I think that would be the one that would make the most sense. So uh, my back four, if Ben White gets injured, is Saliba, Holding, Gabriel, and Zinchenko. That's my back four. I think that makes the most sense, because I think playing Nelson in that position is far, far too vulnerable um, and would leave us far, far too exposed in that area, unfortunately. Um, Starboy Saka has played right back, yes, but I'm not taking him away from right wing. <laughs> I think that's the thing. And, you know, a lot of people suggest, well, why don't we move Zinchenko into midfield? I think it's certainly something that we can consider, but I don't think it's necessarily something that we consider at the moment with Tierney at left back. It's something you'd consider if you had Tommy Asu maybe at left back, you would then play Zinchenko in midfield. But I just think there is it's too offensive minded to put Tierney and Zinchenko in the same team right now. Um, other than if you're bringing on Tini to kind of close out a game ahead of Zinchenko, that's really the only time that I would think about it. Um, Ethan says, are there any Emirates-era players that you would love to have in this season's team so they have a chance to win a Premier League title? It's a great question, and thank you so much for the kind donation. Again, I always come back to Santi Cazorla. I think Santi Cazorla playing, you know, where Granit Xhaka is now, or even playing where Martin Odegaard is now, you know, those two positions, I think Sandy would have provided great support to, great elements to. I know I speak to a lot of Arsenal fans that feel that feel that Aaron Ramsey would absolutely flourish in this current Arsenal team, playing probably where Granit Xhaka is right now, or playing where Ramsey is, uh, where sorry Odegaard is again. I think that would be great. I think obviously seeing Alexis Sanchez in this Arsenal team would have been a joy to behold during his prime years. Um, so yeah, there there are. Um, weirdly, I, you know, by Bakary Sanya. I suppose Bakary Sanya is one of those players I look at and go, does he reach into kind of that legendary status? He did move to Manchester City, and I know there was a few things around the whole move to Man City that people didn't necessarily like. But I really like Bakary Sanya. I don't begrudge him for that move in the same way that I do Nasri or Adebayor or Clichy to a lesser extent. You know, I think that Bakary Sanya is arguably someone that I look at very fondly from his time at the club and was very unfortunate for not you know, potentially winning that. Uh, people say Fabregas. I, I suppose we can talk about Fabregas in the Emirates here, and though he obviously came through originally at Highbury. Um, but Fabregas in this Arsenal team, obviously, again, another player that would be brilliant. Jenkinson says Akmal. What a legend. Carl Jenkinson, the boy. Um, Dan says, Tom, would you call every starter in the Invincible season legends? If so, if we win the league, are all of our starters legends? Um, obviously, a lot of those starters, Dan, were at the club in a period where we won other things. Obviously, some of them weren't. Um, but uh, 
it's very difficult for invincible status to not make you legendary. Obviously, what we do this season would certainly be an achievement that I think doesn't rival the Invincibles, but certainly is kind of second to the Invincibles. I don't necessarily look at the other league seasons, even 89 necessarily, uh, which I thought was an amazing end. Obviously, I'm alive during this period, which makes it much more attached to me than what 89 was, even though it was amazing. And beating that Liverpool side was such a big achievement. But I just think that this is arguably even harder this season of winning a title, considering the teams that are around, the money's available, even the teams in the bottom half of the table and how good they are these days. Uh, I think that this, if we were to win the league this season, Touchwood, that it would be second only to the Invincibles. But I think that there's a lot of players in that Invincibles team, Dan, that A, get legendary status because they are an Invincible, and also from some of the things they did prior and post that um, that Invincible season. Um, but I think that we might need to wait a bit before we start talking about legends. Um, it's difficult to become a legend when you're in your early 20s at a club, but I think certainly it goes a long way for that legendary status to be earned later on in their careers. That's probably the way that I would look at it. Um, Ginger Guna says, like you always say, though, Arteta doesn't like to make multiple changes to replace one player, so why not just put holding at right back? Um I think that that would be a horrible idea <laughs> with respect. I just don't think Holding's got the movement. I think if you put Holding at right-sided centre-back, it limits the amount of movement that he has to uh, engage in. If you think about Holding in a right-back position, if he's caught and has to run back, he's never getting there. He's deeper in that right-sided centre-back position. Yes, I know he jumps and dives in for tackles, and that leaves us sometimes exposed. But I think Saliba being the more mobile player, the greater player with his speed and pace on the right, would be better. So, yes, for me, Saliba right-back is the way forwards in that sense. Um Okay, uh, we're going to wrap things up there. Let us know down in the comment section, answer two questions. A, what makes a legend for you at Arsenal? And B, if Ben White was to be injured, which was a fantastic question put in earlier in our chat box, uh, I think by Afsar, um, then do let us know in the chat box down below who it would be that you would choose and how would you structure an Arsenal team without Ben White in it. For me, as I've said before, it's Ben White. Uh, ben White would be out. Saliba comes into that right-back position. Rob Holding, right-centre-back. I think that's the way to move forwards. Thank you, everybody, that's been listening in today's show. Always appreciate your time. Always a joy to speak with you. Do drop a like on the video, of course. Subscribe to the channel if you are new around here. We do these every single day at 8 a.m. UK time. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. I'm actually going to be live in half an hour over on Deluda Guna's channel, uh, DG, so make sure you join us. DG, DG. <laughs> it makes me think of when I go on his channel is his intro. Um, so do make sure you uh, join us over on DG's channel in just under half an hour's time. Um, and yeah, I might even be on with Sophie a little bit later on this evening as well. So plenty to come. Have a fantastic day. See you soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.